Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti e welcome to Venice Talks, a new podcast series about the city and water, hosted by me, Monica Cesarato, a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Did you know there are two ways to visit Venice? You can follow the rush of tourists dragging themselves along a route chosen by another 20 million people every year, or you can leave this path trying to discover the real city. Every week, I'm going to find out what's going on in the city, uncovering the stories and speaking to the people that matter, the Venetians, artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers, food experts, tourist guides, and much more. Just you wait and find out. These conversations want to animate, educate, and create discussions on how to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog, www.monicacesarato.com, and also on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Monica Cesarato. And now, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Venice Talks, episode number two. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Venice Talks. Today, it's a very interesting chat. I'm going to talk to Alessia Fuga, world-renowned artist, famous beat maker from Murano, and a very dear friend of mine. Ciao, Alessia. How are you? Ciao, Monica. Very well, thank you, and thank you for having me here. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you here. And so you know, guys, I just ask her to say to make sure that she has some water, uh, you know, just in case we chat in and you, we get a bit, you know, a horse kind of voice. And she said to me, Tranquilla, I've got some Aperol spritz here sitting with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, Alessia, let's explain what a bead maker is. A bead maker is someone that makes glass beads by using the traditional lampwork technique. If we speak about bead making in Venice, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course, we're talking about Venice, of course, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and this is, uh, we, we chatted a few days ago with Marisa Convento, and uh, mm-hmm. she was explaining that uh, the bead making uh, art uh, is really ancient art uh, in Venice, right? It is, it is. Uh, it got back to the beginning of the history of the city of Venice, actually, because we have uh, some very, very old uh, Venetian beads found in the island of Torcello. That was the first uh, place where the people that then wooded Venice uh, arrived in the lagoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, the bead making, it's actually one of the ancient techniques that we have when we uh, talk about glass works. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so there are different style of bead making, am I correct? You're correct. Uh, even here in Venice, the, there is the traditional mm-hmm. kind of bead making that is made with a special kind of torch. Uh, so the torch, the flame that we use is our main tool. Uh, the traditional Venetian torch is the one that uses gas Mm-hmm. and air to mm-hmm. produce a flame hot enough to melt the glass rod. Uh, 
Uh, or we can use more modern torches, like the one that I use in my studio, that mm -hmm. works with oxygen and gas. Uh, those kind of torches make a flame that is really hotter than the traditional one. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes uh, the risk is that the flame is too hot okay. for Murano glass. But with this uh, modern kind of torches, we are able to make things that actually uh, wasn't made mm. centuries ago. Yeah, because so I, we, I, I was actually going to ask, uh, uh, the use of gas is fairly recent. So how did they actually achieve the same things 100 years ago when there wasn't the use of gas? Okay, uh, so the they was able to melt the glass because the kind of glass that we use, Murano glass, it's a soft glass. So it doesn't need a very, very hot flame, okay? okay. The flame that the Asian torches used to have before the uses of, of gas um, was made by the use of uh, grease or oil, okay? okay. So, because, so the word lamp work technique Uh -huh. uh, came to us not because the glass workers used to make lamps, okay. but because they used a lamp, an oil lamp, to make okay. this flame that they uh, use it to melt the glass rods. Okay, but it must have been much harder though, to work. Much I harder. Mean, I, I saw you work. working, you know, years ago. I was lucky enough to actually try. And guys, trust me. It looks easy. Alessia makes it looks damn easy, but it's not easy. <laughs> so I'm wondering, I mean, it must have been so complicated also to keep a fire going. Yeah. And the work was slower. So mm -hmm. the kind of object, object that, um, that used to be made, okay, was made in a longer time. Okay. And that's also the reason why the ancient object made with the lump work technique here in Venice was not so big. Okay, right. And that's why they're so precious when you still find some, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yes. Okay, so um, there are different type of beads, of course. Yep. Uh, yep. Could you tell us the different kinds? Well, there's a lot. If we talk about the uh, historical kind mm -hmm. of initial beads. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, the mm, mainly known is the that it's actually made in the furnace, not with the lamp work technique, but okay. it's actually one of the most iconic kind of beads. Okay. When we talk about Venetian glass beads. And there is a Then, very interesting story about the Rosetta, isn't it? Because the in, in, inventor of the Rosetta was a woman. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The first woman owning a glass furnace. Okay. Not only uh, were owning and working in a yeah. furnace. Okay. And that's the name was uh, Marietta Barovier, obviously. Of course. And uh, <laughs> what period are we talking about? We're talking about, uh, well, I'm very bad in saying the centuries in English, but okay. um, in um, Italiano, in Italian? Uh, intorno al 1500. Okay, the 15th, yeah, okay, about the 1500s. Yes. Thank you. Um, and this kind of bead has a very interesting story, even after. Mm. its invention okay it was uh, one of the bead that was used most mainly used to uh, trade with foreign countries mm -hmm. uh, in the colonial era okay, okay. Um, they were used as money to buy everything every kind of uh, object every kind of uh, thing that wasn't here in venice 
okay. at, at that time. Okay. Then if we talk about lamp work beads, instead we have hundreds of kind of beads. We have um, Fiorato, we have Mosaico, uh, Fenicio. Um, Could you give us a list of the main ones, an idea what the differences they are uh, between them? Well, uh, let's say that, for example, bead like, beads like Fiorato and Fenicio beads, and encased beads, the one, the one we made with gold leaf and silver leaf, are all made at the moment, okay, okay. at the torch at that moment. Mosaico beads, instead, uh, are made with Murini. Okay, Murini the, the Murina, yes. Yeah. to be made, yeah, first in a furnace. So okay. it's a kind of bead that puts together two different kinds of work when we talk about glass. Okay, so the mosaic is built by getting the little bits of Murini and then yeah. uh, set them all together and creating a bead, right? Exactly. Okay, exactly. so the difference is also that uh, the Fenicia and the Fiorata that you were saying to me is uh, for the bead maker, when you start, you can't stop. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, every bead and every almost every kind of object that you make with Murano glass once okay. you start you try to finish it at the moment okay um yeah tell me no I was wondering then how long might it take you to to do a very complex bead well that depends a lot I mean you can make a complex bead in a very small time if you have the skills to make it Mm -hmm. Then the question, the good as question, in, as in, as how many if, years? If, you, if you call the Alessia Fuga, you can probably do it in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, uh, being fast when you work with glass is one of the skills that mm. we try to reach okay. during our career. Okay. But to uh, achieve that kind of skills, you need years of practice. Right. So, the, the question, how long did you take to make one thing? Mm. It's a kind of question that really doesn't matter okay. when you talk about this kind of work. Okay. Okay. Because right. we are talking about years of experience uh -huh. to be able to make th those objects in a certain amount of time. Experience, but also talent, because there are people that achieve the same kind of skill, maybe in a faster time, as in, not, because they particularly talented as, like you, right? Like me, like <laughs> other people, okay? Yeah, that depends, because every one of us is different. Every yeah. one of us learns things in a little bit different way, okay. okay? So it may be a longer journey or a shorter journey, but uh -huh. if, you, if you want to reach it, okay, you will find a way. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's get back to you for a minute. And uh, when did you actually start? Because you are from the Fuga family. Uh, you, you, for uh, the people listening, the Fuga is actually one of the main families of Murano. It's a, a historic family. Alessia comes from a branch of uh, uh, many Fuga people in, in, this, um, in the island of Murano. But yeah. uh, when did you actually start uh, bead making? I started 16 years ago now. Uh, so the studio is open this year. We have kind of celebrated the 15th, 15th year. Oh, uh, congratulations. The opening of the studio. I Thank didn't know much. that. We need to do a, a party about that. <laughs> Before the end of the year, hopefully, mm. yes. Okay. Um, 
when I started, then uh, I opened the studio quite soon because I felt in love immediately with this art. Because so you, you, did a, to... you, did a, you didn't actually come from a big making family, did you? No, no. I was the first one of my family working with hot glass. Mm-hmm. And I started by chance because I had the time at the, to uh, participate in a class mm-hmm. uh, at the glass school here in Murano. And I felt hooked immediately. Uh, the thing that um, kept me here uh, was for sure the um, curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to understand how some kind of things that I saw was made. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the challenge with myself, because I really wanted to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to be as good as the artist that I saw at that time. Mm-hmm. And now you're even better. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't like say. I know. I, mean, you know to... I will never say something like that. I know because <laughs> you're very humble. You're always being very modest. And it's very, and uh, another uh, great characteristic of Alessia, but at the same time, I think is her fault, is that she's very perfectionist. So, I know for a fact that when she creates something, the amount of things that she throws away because she's not happy <laughs> is quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's get to your work. So you, you actually go into it, you, st- you open your own shop, but, but pretty soon you actually found your uh, kind of personal style, didn't you? Uh, that's true. Uh, that was uh, a kind of... Uh, lucky thought at that mo- at that moment because mm-hmm. I was alone. I I just opened a small studio, and I thought that it wasn't impossible for me to uh, being found in a market that so at the moment and a lot of biggest um, businesses than mm-hmm. mine. Yeah, and that was in the market since years. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them are said. Uh, family businesses. So. Yeah, of course. And their family have been running the same thing for centuries, you know, some of exactly. them. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. So I thought that uh, one of the way that I could use to be reached by people was just try to make something that I wasn't saying, saying here on the, in the island. Yeah, to do something so different. Yeah. To do something different, yeah, and something uh, that could tell the people immediately that that's Alessia. This was my work, yeah. Yeah, that is Alessia's Fugas. <laughs> okay. And you specialize in making a special type of beads. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, this is the story that I always tell about my beads, is that uh, the when I work, the moment that I love the most is the moment when I decorate a piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at a certain point, my beads started to become bigger and bigger. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so so big of ever is a huge. And I'm talking about like a foot. No, bigger than a football. Is, how big is this? Really, it's massive. Yeah, let's say a little bit more than a football ball. <laughs> uh, okay, it's, it's big. Okay, it's really big. We got that big. <laughs> okay. Because I have more space for the decoration. In that yeah, of way. course. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you what, what, you love decorating. Sorry, you were saying, yeah. And then because I like I love to work with unique pieces or limited series, 
I started to work with silver leaf on my pieces. Because mm-hmm. when you work with silver leaf on glass, if you leave the silver uh, on the surface of the piece, like every object made out of silver, the color changes during the time. Mm. Okay, And more because the thing that I do are mainly jewels. Okay, mm-hmm. People wear them on their skin and Every one of us has a different pH of the skin. Of course. The color of the bead at a certain point will become unique. Oh, wow. I didn't okay. realize that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Some okay. of them became a little bit greenish, some hmm. a little bit more blue, uh, depending on the skin of the person who okay. wears it. So the beads tell the story about the time that that bead is... Um, living with the person mm. who mm. own it okay and this is a thing that i really love okay and then also if you go on there and on our website but we'll give you all the information later on you can see all the work that she does that they are unique and they're very uh, very contemporary uh, looking and i particularly like that but you can see at the same time the tradition uh, of, of murano glass uh, beading making um another thing that you did for a while and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully you go back to it, is you made little animals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she makes little dogs. They are adorable. <laughs> Beautiful one. And I hope you go Thank back you. to it. How come you stopped? Um, well, because a lot of the things that I do um, are very personal objects. I mean, not personal mm. of mine, but because people want to tell a story with them. Mm. So I started to make those little dogs, for example, um, when someone asked me to remember mm. uh, their dog who passed away. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, almost everything that I do, uh, I started last year with small reproduction of wild plants, for example. Yes, I was I was going to come into that. Yes. And, and those were made idea. with the same, those were, they was made with the same aim. So they tell a story, they tell someone's story, okay? Mm. Uh, so if someone wants a dog, if someone wants a plant, okay, they just need to reach with, reach me and ask me and tell me okay. their story so that my object can tell. Okay, so let's go back to the plant. So last year for, uh, for the Venice Glass Week, that is a huge event that happens in September, and we'll go back to this as well because uh, we want to talk to the next one coming up. But mm-hmm. um, last year, uh, Alessia was asked uh, to expose, uh, to exhibit her beautiful artwork in Punta Conterie, that is a beautiful location in Murano. It's a hub uh, because it's a shop, uh, it's an exhibition center, it's a restaurant, it's a cafe, it's uh, everything. It's really beautiful with a beautiful ter- terrace overlooking the Murano Island. Um, she was asked to display her beautiful work and you did this huge huge exhibit of little plants made in Murano glass that literally looked so real <laughs> it was <laughs> unbelievable and what's incredible you. that you, not a single plant looked like another yeah. It, it was like having a little forest full, a little, I don't know, a nursery. It was amazing. But the characteristic was that these plants had a story behind, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, so each story, so the the, um, the meaning of the wild plants that I make, 
is that uh, in nature, in the wild, they are able to grow where uh, if we look, we can't think about life, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, They just need just a little, little... Uh, a little, little piece sun. of green, yeah. Yeah, a little sun, bit of water and water. sun, and that's it. Exactly. Uh, and um, they was made uh, as a recognition to the people who has passed a very hard time, like the grieving time mm. when they've lost someone they loved, okay? Mm-hmm. And to the moment where the pain was ready to be gone and to left space again to the lovely memories of the person who wasn't here anymore. Mm. So, and, yeah, tell me. Yeah, no, 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 you go on. Sorry, I didn't want to okay. interrupt you. Go on. Uh, and that's why, for example, they was all different mm. because each and every one of them uh, was inspired by a story about this person or their family or their friends. And so it was uh, an exhibition uh, that was very meaningful to me, not only for the uh, technique, for the technique that I've used, you know, not Mm -hmm. only for how the plants came out, Mm-hmm. but mainly for the story that those plants yeah. uh, or how they were created as not as much as a technique but emotionally yeah yeah exactly okay and it's incredible because uh, i mean i know that you uh, studied the, uh, you, you went around looking for the plants in real life i know oh, yeah. that you did your research on books but they were stunning i mean uh, there were some plants and you know we're not talking about big work so we're talking about small work the details uh, it, it was unbelievable well, uh, he, he was shocking and i think the biggest recognition for you was that mr lino tagliapietra uh, <laughs> the uh, greatest one of the greatest uh, glass masters uh, murano ever had actually came and purchased some right yeah it was uh, it was amazing yeah I, I can't thank him enough yeah. for um, having one of my plans yeah he's so but- now yeah, so, that must have been a, as an artist uh, uh, and as a Murano person, one of the biggest recon- recognition. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, did you cry a little bit? Well, inside of me, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say that to... in that moment. I try, you know, to be a little more confident cool. and cool <laughs> and cool, and cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then inside, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the Venice Glass Week. So the Venice yeah. Glass Week is a huge event in Venice. It's grown bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I'm not so sure. Have you been part of a Venice Glass Week from the beginning or did you join a little bit later? Uh, well, I was part of the first one, yes. Ah, okay. So you were there from the beginning, good. Yeah. And it's grown bigger and bigger. Now it's taken yeah. over practically all of Venice. It's mm-hmm. a great, great uh, um, uh, event. That, um, it's about the Murano glass and that uh, takes, uh, you know, uh, takes over the city and practically involves practically everybody involved in glass in the city. Uh, yeah. But this year, uh, the glass beads are playing a much bigger part than usual. 
yeah. thanks to you too. <laughs> and uh, because uh, you got to know Alessia, Vissia had a great idea. And uh, she's going to explain it to you now properly, but she had the idea of starting a competition. We talk about this with Marisa in the other episode, but since you are the creative mind behind this, I would like you to explain what uh, you came up with and actually how it's going. Wow. So the crazy idea was No, it's to not try- crazy. It's a great <laughs> idea. It's not crazy. It's great. Was to try to find something to create a connection between the Venetian community of beatmakers and the uh, foreign communities of beatmaking. Because beatmaking is made not only in Venice today, but all over the world. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, And the really, really nice thing is that no matter where a people, uh, where a person okay, uh, work, their beat, everyone knows that if it weren't for the Venetian glass bead taken all over the world, they wouldn't be there now, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, so talking with Flor Casper, that is, um, again, another amazing woman that I'm really uh, happy that I've met one day, uh, we have said, well, let's try to do something uh, in collaboration with the Committee for the Safeguard of the Venetian Glass Bead mm-hmm. and the International Society of Glass Bead Makers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've talked to her about this contest, mm. um, the first international contest about Venetian glass beads. Mm. It is called Your Bead for Venice. Beautiful name. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, oh, by the way, hashtag your bid for Venice so you can yeah. find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Social media. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we had a great response. We had uh, entries from 18 different countries. Wow. Uh, we had uh, different techniques shown. We have lamp work beads, furnace beads, we have increasing, we have paintings on beads, um, mosaic, wow. uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of different styles. Uh-huh. Uh, we have choose uh, 20 finalists oh, that wow. will be showcased in the Murano Glass Museum during the, Reading, the Venice Glass Week Great. Uh, this year. And we ask for the people who visit in the museum to vote their favorite beat. So, so you, you you will have a, a, tec- the, a technical jury, yeah, right? Yeah, Plus a popular yeah. jury, right? Exactly, exactly. Cool. And uh, we are going to tell who the winners are on the 24th of September at mm-hmm. the Glass Museum. So I uh, hope to, be, to see a lot of people there because uh, all the artists involved are mm-hmm. or going crazy about having their beats here in Murano. I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the beats have started to arrive mm-hmm. and they are beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. We have had a first round of judgment but mm-hmm. on the basis of the pictures mm. that the artist sended. Yeah, um, well, well, if this is the time that you did your first selection based exactly. on the techniques and on... Uh, exactly. the meaning behind the bead and I assume also on you know be all the description and so on right yeah and um, the wall um, how can I say uh, 
quality of the beads, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, overall quality of the beads. Of course. Um, and now the second round of judging will be made on the beads in so. person. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, not virtually, but practically. Yeah. So that you can really check the imperfection, you can check the technique, you can understand exactly. if it's the, the real quality, because of course you get an idea by on the on the photo but you need uh, to to have in your hands to understand um but i know we were talking about this the other day you were really impressed you didn't expect so many people to respond did you absolutely absolutely <laughs> and also the way that they explain it the reason why they wanted to be part of it because okay. as i uh, as i told you even if we have Finalists from Australia, South Africa, Canada, uh, USA, uh, Hong Kong, Japan. Wow. Uh, and all of them just thank it. Uh, they, they just want us to say thank you to the Venetian bit making community. Wow. Okay. What a huge recognition above all since uh, you're you part of UNESCO now, uh, Intangible Goods. That must be. Another huge recognition of all the hard work of of doing this, you know, of working yeah, to yeah, get yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the art of uh, glass making, not just the Venetian, but in general, the art of glass making recognized. Yeah. Wow. So And I can yeah? say a lot more at the moment, mm -hmm. but I can say that we are already starting to work on the second edition. So oh. if someone haven't been able to apply for this first one, Don't they worry. will have yeah next the chance year. to do it next year. Yeah. Oh, now that's the good news because I know when we were talking, you kept saying, "Oh, it's never gonna succeed. I don't think it's gonna work. Oh my god, I'm gonna do this. Oh my god, we're already thinking of a second edition. That is good. So, 24th of September, Everglass Museum in Murano, uh, Museo yeah. del Vetro. Uh, obviously on social medias uh, with both the Museo del Vetro, the uh, Committee for the Safeguard of the Glass Beads, yes. on your own social media, on mine as well, of course. Uh, we're going to tell everybody, obviously, the time and uh, where to go and everything. Okay, that's good. Obviously, because you've been involved so much with this uh, I don't think you're doing this year the Venice Glass Week as Alessia, are you? Not with the... Um, not with not the, personally. Yeah. Not personally, not with a personal project, but because I'm um, working yes. on a couple of things for the committee. Yeah, I, okay. I just wanted to oh, yeah, focus let's say 100% on that. You're doing another thing for the committee, right? The same morning, the, the morning of the 24th? Yeah, correct? the morning of the 24th, we are uh, having a walk uh in the ex conteria area here mm -hmm. in Murano uh to tell the story of the people who used mm. to live here and to, who used to work here so it will it will be not just a work uh remembering the story of the factory mm -hmm. but the story of oh. the person of the people who made yeah of the Murano people yeah. um Another thing I want to uh, mention before we close the chat is that uh, as well as being an amazing jewelry maker and glass bead maker and really interesting, you know, so many things, uh, uh, you actually offer also glass making classes, uh, classes, right? Glass bead making classes, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, can you give us an idea of what involves? 
Well, I at the moment I gave classes at every level uh, to people who just wanted to try to the um, people who just want to put their hands on, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and also to people who want to learn it. To mm-hmm. do this kind of thing as a, as a job, mm-hmm. uh, to people who already work and want to see a different technique that they don't know or a traditional technique that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the because in, in my studio the classes are private, so yeah. it will be you only do small well, max maximum two yeah. people, right? Yeah. They who are interested just uh, need to send me an email and yeah. we can set up the uh, the time. And I have to say that I love so much to teach uh, that a person this morning uh, walked in front of the studio, a mm-hmm. person from Urano, and he just told me, oh, well, but you teach, you don't work. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well... I get paid. So, Why? You know. Teaching is not a work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, I got to say, I was very lucky uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago, so I don't know, time has gone so fast, that uh, Alessia very kindly subbed me behind the torch and tried to get me to work and make a bead. God knows where the bead is because she said to me, we'll put in ashes and I never saw the light of the bead again. Because the ashes been- ate it. <laughs> it was so awful. Uh, but I got to say, I, I can cook, so it's not like I don't have manuality. But trust me, that was one of the hardest, hottest experiences <laughs> I've ever had in my life. I've, I, I, I left a, a workshop that my... my Uh, cheeks were all clenching from the you know the tension but I got to say one of the best experiences because while I was actually trying to get uh, one hand going one way and the other doing something else Alessia was explaining she was telling me the history of Murano glass uh, you know the different techniques she's an amazing teacher and she's so patient You have got an idea, guys. <laughs> One of the most patient persons I've ever met in my life. Uh, Alessia, what are your social media contacts so people can find you? Well, you have just to look for Alessia Fuga. Mm-hmm. That's it in Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Okay. And, and your website? Web- AlessiaFuga.com. Yeah, www www.alessiafuga.com and she's got also an e-commerce site so you can buy her beautiful jewelry okay Alessia future plans uh, well let's bring home this Venice class week mm-hmm. for the moment okay and then we will see what the okay. future will bring okay so one last uh, question how do you see the future for Venice Uh, well, um, this is a tough question. I mean, uh, you got two minutes to talk, no more. The, the thing is that uh, I feel lucky that the people that I get in touch, uh, visiting the city, visiting my studio, uh, people who wants to support my work, okay, they all show they love for Venice with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that. Uh, there's a good chance, you know, of having a good kind of tourism in Venice mm-hmm. and also for Venice to not 
being only a touristic city. Mm. But when I say this kind of thing to the people around me, mm. they think that I live somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are optimists. Uh, we are visionaries. If we weren't like this, uh, the people like us, then, uh, you know, life would be so boring. And oh, yeah. we would, you wouldn't have a competition for glass beads, wouldn't you? You know, it's people that uh, imagine that get things going in life. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alessia, it was so nice talking to you. Um, we will have you back uh, with Marisa in another episode talking about the actually committee for the yeah, art sure. of uh, glass uh, beads because that way we can actually go into properly the history um, and, you know, and also... All the know, amazing things the committee do. Exactly, the... exactly. And we can take a talk a little bit in more depth. Uh, it was so nice talking to you and um, well I'll see you soon because I'll see you all the time anyway <laughs> but uh, have a great time enjoy your Apollo spritz there at your desk and you. um, can't wait to see what uh, next things you're gonna bring along ciao ciao carissima have a great day thank you ciao Thank you so much to Alessia Fuga for the lovely interview. You can go and see Alessia on the island of Murano in Venice in her atelier. Or you can visit her website. It is www.alessiafuga.com or you can find her in all her social media with the hashtag Alessia Fuga and the handle at Alessia Fuga. So it's pretty easy. Thank you so much for listening. You will be able to find all the other episodes on my channel, Venice Talks Podcast. You can find me on my blog, www.monicacesarato.com and all social media with the handle at Monica Cesarato. Feel free to send me any questions or comment by email at info at monicacesarato.com or leaving a message at the bottom of the podcast. Bye-bye. Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.